Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. You might look at your life today, maybe you're new, you're a visitor, we call you a guest this morning, and you might think, man, my life's in that place. Well, God can take your life to where God has taken theirs too, if you just give them a chance. Amen? Let's welcome anybody who's a guest this morning. Let them know that we're glad that they're here. Amen. And those that are visiting online, watching online as well, tell the person next to you, it's supernatural. Amen. We serve a supernatural God. Some of y'all are afraid to turn to the person next to you when I do that. It's so funny. It's like you say it to, I guess, the person's head in front of you. Amen. It's supernatural. I want to talk in the middle of this week of this fast. We're heading into the... Right around the middle will be around Wednesday of this fast, and I don't know about you, but I'm loving it, and I'm excited about what God is doing already, what he's going to do, and that these that fasts work. You heard from that testimony that they work, and I wanted that to be an encouragement to you today, amen? So I want to talk this morning, if you get your Bibles, to Acts chapter 19. We're going to look at a verse in a moment, but before we put that up, I want to... Um, tell you a couple stories about things that are supernatural. I began to ask the Holy Spirit to remind me of a few stories. Stories are good, amen? And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, everybody knows that I'm not the greatest at remembering things, and I should have listened to my mom and not been rebellious and wrote things down. But I didn't, and so I don't have a lot of things written down, but I thank God that every once in a while, God will bring a story back to my mind and I was telling one of them to Carla this morning, and she didn't remember it. And so I said, see, he reminded me. That's the Holy Spirit. But one was, I remember several years ago for the church, we were at a time we needed to pay a bill. I don't remember the details, what the bill was, but we were struggling, and we needed to pay a bill that we didn't have the money for. And I remember going to the ATM to get some money out over there by the, by the Bank of America at Golden Triangle Mall parking lot. And, and, and uh, getting the money out, I think it was like $100 or something, and when I got that hundred out, it was using the church card to pay another bill. A thousand dollars came out with the hundred. Now, if anybody's ever used an ATM, you know that's supernatural. The ATM doesn't want to give you money. They they ask you so many questions, and then they have limits, and sometimes they take your card. And so I got the money, and I I mean you know everybody knows what a hundred dollars looks like, so it was like a lot more bills. And so I started counting it, and there was $1,000, and that $1,000 was exactly what we needed to pay this church bill. Now, some of you might be what, where I'm at, which is, I think now, and I've taught you that when you get blessed, you might be taking someone's, your blessing for yourself that might be hurting somebody else. I thought somebody did, miscounted their drawer, somebody did something wrong, and somebody's going to be short $1,000. So I went to the bank, and I was like, I'm not going to take this money unless I make sure it's a real miracle. And so I went to the bank. And I went in there and I asked him, you know, because I, I know the teller's there. I said, I, want, I, this ha I even told them, I got $1,000 out of the ATM that was not. And they're like, how'd you get $1,000 out of the ATM? And I'm like, exactly. So I told them, it's supernatural. <clears throat> and I said, is, is anybody missing money? Can you, you know, make a note? And she goes, okay, I'll write it down and I'll check and I'll check with our people. So I went back the following week to follow up. She says, there's nothing missing. And I went back the following week after that, there's nothing missing. For two weeks, I went and found out $1,000 came out of an ATM to pay a bill. How many know that's supernatural? Just m miracle money, amen? And I, I'm telling you, I've had, some of y'all looking at each other like, we need that miracle today. 
Amen. Well, those miracles can happen, but I'm going to teach you this morning how to put yourself in position to see the supernatural with God. Amen. Also, I've got some other testimonies. I was uh, talking to Joshua. Joshua, let everybody know where you're at back there, that nice-looking gentleman there. He was telling me of a couple of really amazing miracles that happened to him this week. And um, one of them was he, was he had struggles with diabetes, and his glucose numbers were very, very high. And uh, he needed prayer, and he was just, you know, talking to God last Sunday in, at the altar. And uh, Jesse Salazar went over to him and said, I feel li- led to pray for you. And he laid his hands on him, and God healed him. And his glucose numbers dropped hundreds of numbers that day. Amen? For the glory of God. And then he went <clears throat> and told Jesse and thanked him, and, and he just told me today that they've dropped even more since last week. Amen? They're back to almost normal now, praise God. That's a miracle. Amen? That's supernatural. And then, by the way, while I'm saying this, if you get a a miracle or testimony and you don't want to stand up here and tell it because sometimes I think you're afraid, come tell me. I'm a preacher and I'm a speaker. I can tell your testimony better than you because I'll add the preaching to it. Amen. I'll, I'll throw some emphasis in there. So just tell me because if God's doing something, people need to hear about it. Because you know why God does miracles? To give himself glory. So then he says, Yoshi, if you haven't met Yoshi, she's a sweet Japanese lady who's his wife. And um, she had to go. We prayed for her last Sunday, uh, Wednesday, actually, because she got to Japan and got ill. And she's doing better, praise God. But she had to do a quick purchase of a ticket to fly to Japan last week because her mom is ill. And how many know ticket? How many can imagine what a ticket to Japan cost? Add the fact that it's last minute. She had to pay $3,500 for that plane ticket. So she put it on her credit card. I mean, they didn't want to go into their savings. They didn't want to have to deal with that. So they put on the credit card. Listen closely, church. The same day she put it on the credit card, she went to her bank account, and her job dropped a lump sum into her bank account that day for no reason. And somebody shout out what you think the number was. $3,500 right into her account. Come on, y'all are golf clapping, man. Amen. Now remember, remember, as, as we're talking about this, let me do a little soccer here for a second. As we're talking about this, if you get like, man, that, that, right, that not happening to me, you, it can. You first thing you got to get rid of is that attitude. Why that not happening to me? That's one of the reasons, just so you know. Okay, I, I feel, just feel like I'm supposed to stay there for a second. Hello, am I speaking? Anybody home today? You have to have an attitude of gratitude for other people, too. When you get excited, that's the first just open door for God to begin to move. When you get excited about hearing, I get excited when I hear these people. That had nothing to do with me, but it excites me because it's God. And it's one of my, my people in our church. It's a, it's a brother or sister in Christ. Amen? So that's the first thing. If you had a kind of a bad attitude about that, like, well, why hasn't that happened to me? How come I haven't got no ATM money? And how come I haven't got no ticket money? Just You just keep putting yourself in the right position. Amen. I'm just, I'm just talking to the cloud over some of your heads this morning. Amen. Look at Acts 19, verse 11 and 12. And God was doing extraordinary miracles extraordinary miracles. I chose the English Standard Version because this version says the word extraordinary, and that's a synonym for supernatural. 
And I love the fact that God is a supernatural God. It's exciting to serve God. You know what? It's even exciting to have lack. It's exciting sometimes to be sick. It's exciting sometimes to have problems because we have a God who solves problems and heals sicknesses and fixes financial problems and fixes marital problems and does all the things that we have problems for. And he does it in a way that only he can get the glory for. Am I talking to anybody that knows the God I'm talking about? So he was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands, and this is important, we just saw this happen with Jesse, by the hands of Paul. God wants to use you this morning. Tell that to the person next to you, and then look at him. Come on, tell that person next to you, look at him, Ida. God wants to use you. That person next to you needs that encouragement. Now, some of you don't believe that, but I believe it for you. God wants to use you. We see this sometimes, and we go, Come on, Pastor, that's Paul. That's Paul. That's the Apostle Paul. Well, the Apostle Paul wasn't the Apostle Paul until he became the Apostle Paul. He was just a normal man who who learned how to do extraordinary things because he said, I'm nobody, God's everybody, and if God can use anything, God can use me. And he used them. And it says miracles were happening, and even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Amen. That's miracle power, supernatural power, unexplainable power. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your spirit. Lord, there's no greater feeling than praying during a fast. Because it's a touch of heaven that's stronger than when we're not fasting. It's supernatural. There's an in-tune spirit with you. There's an anointing that's here that's not here all the time. It's not that there's not, but there's a greater one, Father. And I thank you for your anointing on your word that I'm speaking what you want me to speak. Lord, touch the hearts of your people. Challenge us, transform us, and allow us to be conduits this morning of your supernatural power. And devil, you are defeated in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Tell it again. It's supernatural. God is looking to use his power on this earth, but he needs someone to put his power through. Here's a great quote I want you to write down if you're taking notes. And by the way, I forgot to say this in the first service, especially if you want to learn and be a disciple, it's good to take notes. It's really good because there's very few people in this world that can listen to a message and retain everything. So taking notes is not a sign of weakness. To me, taking notes is a sign of intelligence. Pastor John from, Gar- from uh, not Garland, uh, South Dallas, uh, uh, messaged me this week, and he sent me a picture, no, art, no exaggeration, this tall of notebooks that he has filled with notes from the last seven, almost eight years he's been in this church. Do you think Pastor John is glad that he took notes now that he's pastoring? Amen? And so you might say, well, I'm not going to be a pastor. But remember, every one of us in here are leaders. Every one of us can do small groups. Every one of us can evangelize. Every one of us can reach our families. So what we learn here, we need to write it down. Because when you write it down, you retain more. Write this down. Nothing happens in the supernatural until something happens here in the natural. Nothing. That means that there's a God in heaven today that can do anything 
There's nothing God can't do. Does anybody believe that this morning? There's nothing he cannot do. And when we say, well, I don't know if God can do that, it's because we don't believe that he can do it through us. He wants to use people on this earth. And so until I release something here in the natural, nothing can happen in the supernatural. Now, Jeremiah says this in verse, chapter 32 of verse 27. He says, Behold, I love when he does this, I am the Lord. I am that I am. Amen. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. And he asks a question. I want you to leave that up for a second. He asks a question, Is there anything too hard for me? Now, the answer to that question is your answer. It's a, it's a hypothetical question to all of humanity. And I answer it myself, no. Remember, there's nothing God can't do. There's only two things, I should, I should say, there's only two things God can't do, and that's lie and fail. He can't fail us. He can't lie. But outside of that, there's nothing he can't do. Nothing's impossible. The verse is full. The Bible's full of verses that says nothing is impossible for God. Right? And he says, is anything too hard for me? So the question is, he's asking you, is there anything too hard? And so if you say, yeah, I think that's a little bit too hard, or, you know, I don't believe you can do that, or I don't believe you want to do that. You ever struggle with the fact that God wants to do something in your life? And you're thinking, God, I, I, I don't deserve that. He didn't ask that. He didn't say, do you deserve what I give you? He said, is anything too hard for me? And the question is today answered by every individual here. And I want to see every single one of you answer today, no, God, nothing is too hard for you. I I guarantee you, if we were to go back several years and ask David and Joanna if, if anything was too hard for their marriage, they would have said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's too hard, yeah. But they met a God who stepped in. And I know there's a bunch of marriages around this congregation where God stepped in. And if it wasn't for God stepping in, you wouldn't be here this morning. You wouldn't be together this morning. You wouldn't be saved this morning. You wouldn't be doing the things God's doing. But God stepped in supernaturally and took over in your marriage. Amen? Now, there's a spiritual dimension. Let me know there's dimensions to things. There's dimensions all over this building. Corners, dimensions. There's a spiritual dimension that God wants us to tap into, to, into today that only takes place during fasting. And I want to throw this out today. If you, I'm not asking, I'm not gonna, hey, who's fasting? Who's not fasting? That's not, that's not what it's about. But if you're not fasting, start fasting. You've got two weeks left. Don't miss out because you're, you're going to be the one in six months that's going to say, man, I wish I would have fasted. Man, I should have done that. I'm hearing all these testimonies and I'm hearing all these miracles. Because listen, let me put it on record. There's going to be lots of miracles. There's going to be lots of testimonies. Okay? So just know that. So say, say, say this with me. I want some, Lord. How many want some of those testimonies? How many want some of those miracles? They're there to get. We just got to fast. So whatever it is. Whatever you choose to do, do something. Fast something and and get involved because God is going to take you to another level, to another dimension. I was thinking back to another story this morning about Costa Rica. When we, as as Ray mentioned at the offering, we started making this move uh, towards this land. And we're right in the middle of the option period, by the way. We don't have any new news. There is some things going on, but we're not going to let you know until it's done. But uh, everybody that doesn't know, ask somebody, amen, we're looking to buy land up the road. God is doing miraculous, amazing things. And uh, when we were look, doing that in, in Costa Rica, we weren't buying land, but we were moving from one building to another. 
and we needed miracle money. And Pastor Deonza, Pastor Deonza, sorry, I did take that back. Amen. You're going to rebuke me on that, Pastor Mario and Deonza. You've never been called that before. Well, in Costa Rica, maybe. They, they know this. My wife knows this. The things that we saw were nothing short of supernatural, how we were able to move in that building. Because I want you to understand the context. We were working in, in church like this, you know, this amount of people, but, but very poor people. You know, here I would imagine there's, there's teenagers that are working for minimum wage and there's people that make lots of money in their business. There's a range all the way through in our church. In Costa Rica, we didn't have that. We had a few people that would come out from outside every once in a while, but the people that lived there were poor. And the average income was less than $200 a month. So just imagine. I, I know none of y'all could even fathom less living off of $200 a month. But that was the average income. And it was a place of about 80,000 people. And so when we began to believe God for this new building, it was a real, real, real step of faith. And we needed thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to remodel this and to rent it and to take care of it. And I remember one day we had this lady come in and she said, Pastor, I've got an offering. And she had this big bag in her hand. And I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it, I, I didn't get that excited. Because when I saw the bag, I thought, that's change. Because for years, Pastor Mario knows, that's what people would put in. Every single week, it was counting change. And I thank God for change, but I'm going to go on record and also tell you that I hate change. Anybody that knows me, I hate change. I, don't, I, know, I know you can save it up and all that, but you do that. I'm going to let God do it in a different way with me. Because I just got to, I don't want to see change. I don't want to touch change. Because we did it for years. We literally su survived off of change. And again, I thank God for it. But I saw the bag, and I was like, that's just a bag of change. I was happy for her. She gives it to us, and come to find out, it was $2,000 in the bag. Okay? Now, $2,000, coming from someone who makes $200 a month, that's 10 months of income. Okay? Just to give you some perspective. But it wasn't her money. She was walking down the road, and she saw the bag on the ground on the street and picked it up, and there was $2,000 in it. Now, I know I see the cloud over some of y'all's eyes right now. Was it drug money? It might have been. I don't know. It could have very possibly been drug money. I don't know. There was a lot of drugs in that area. But what I do know is that the lady that gave it, it was legit. And so we knew that it, that, that it was a miracle. And God supplied that $2,000, which today for us to understand, that would be like 20000 for us. I mean, from a person to give that much money. And so it was miraculous supernatural finances. Amen. How many know you don't just walk down the road and see a bag of money laying on the ground? I know some of y'all saying, I'm going to the ATM today. We're walking the dog today. Amen. And we're going to buy a ticket today. I can just already see some of y'all writing in your notes. <laughs> here's, the, here's the recipe. Buy a ticket, rock down the sidewalk, and go to an ATM. Wrong. That's not how God works, right? You can't copy the supernatural. But tell the person again next to you, it's supernatural. Amen. And you know what? This happens all over the world. Write this down in your notes. This is a really good thing. God is a God of unlimited possibilities. You know what that means? When there's a need, God has a million ways to meet it. He doesn't do it. And here's the cool thing. This is why I say it's exciting to serve God. Because he never does it like you think. And sometimes it can be a little bit frustrating. But at the end, it's awesome. Because you're like, that's not how I would have done that. That's cool. That's cool, God. 
but he does it different than I would have done it. Has God ever done anything the way you thought God was going to do it for you? He doesn't work that way. He works in mysterious ways. He works in ways that are not our ways, Isaiah says. And so watch this in the Bible, Matthew chapter 17. And he does it all around the world. He does it in Costa Rica. He does it in Africa. He does it in, in Canada. He does it here in the United States. He does limitless possibilities everywhere. So Jesus here, actually take it back down for a second. Jesus is uh, preaching the gospel. Someone comes to him and says, hey, taxes, what do we do with taxes? Jesus says, well, give to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to God's what's God's. That's when we're blessed, church. When we give to God what's God's, we give to Caesar's what's Caesar's. So this story is, he's answering the question, and then now we're going to pick up in this verse, and he says, nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Does that sound supernatural to anybody in here? And take that. Now, the key thing here is it wasn't just like, like with Yoshi's $3,500 with the money that I got out of the ATM. It wasn't just money. It was the exact amount of money that they needed. Of all the coins it could have been, it was the coin he needed for the tax. Okay, so he's a supernatural God that does things beyond our understanding. And he says, take that and give it to them for me and for you. Now, as I think about this story, church, there's a lot involved. And the thing I said earlier about, remember, Paul's hands is that God is looking for a way to do supernatural things. And he's looking for someone's hands to put it through. Whether it's laying your hands on the sick, whether it's casting out a demon, whether it's uh, giving money, whether it's visiting somebody, whatever it is, whether it's building in the church and putting your, your, your talents to use, all these different things are, are things that God is looking for. He's just looking for a place to put his power because he has limitless power, but nothing happens in the supernatural until it happens first in the natural. And so you have to say, God, here I am. I'm natural and you're supernatural, I want to connect. And when that happens, when the natural connects with the supernatural, miracles happen. How many would like God to use you in the supernatural? Amen? And, and, and get to a place where we're waking up in the morning and going, God, I want, I, want, I want to see what supernatural thing you do today. But here's the human side. Peter's going to get that, that money, and you gotta, it doesn't matter if you're wondering, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? Peter's probably thinking, is there really going to be a coin in the fish's mouth? What does Jesus think, man? Who does he think he is asking me to go fish? when I, I'm a professional fisherman. We don't find coins. In fish. I mean, he's thinking all these things, but you know what? He was moving his legs. You can, you can, you can question as long, in your faith as long as you're moving forward. And you keep on doing it. You do stuff all the time. You go, man, I don't know how you're going to do this, God. I don't know how. I can tell you from all these years of experience, God always asked me to do things I can't do on my own. And I just, I don't know how you're going to do this, God. And as I start moving, he just does it. And I know some of you in here are starting to see that God does it with you too. And you go, he did it last time, so he'll do it this time. And if he did it this time, he'll do it next time. And we just start to get to this place where we go, oh, like my little grandson does now. He goes, oh, before he does something. It's some, it's something registered, oh. And then he does it. We go, oh, God wants to use me. 
Church, a revival is going to happen when we start doing what Jesse did the other day. When we start praying for the sick at our, at our workplace. We start praying for the sick at, at, at the hospital. We start praying. Not, not pa- you know, notice it, not pastor, not the evangelist, not the Sunday school teacher, not anybody. Jesus said, and these signs will follow anyone who believes in my name. In my name, you'll cast out demons. In my name, you'll lay your hands on the sick, and they will recover. Amen? Things will happen when you and I begin to become the supernatural conduit for Jesus. And you pray for them, and they go, oh, man, are you an evangelist? Are you a pastor? Are you a-? No, I'm just, I just go to church. I just love Jesus. We just, I just go to a church where they teach that we can all be used by God. That's a revival. When we're not looking for someone else to do it, but we're saying, I'll do it. Amen? So many times, and I wrote this down many because I don't want to say all, but many times when God does something miraculous or supernatural, he uses us. He uses us. He, he's, he's able to do anything, but he has to have conduit. I know that I'm using that word a lot. Everybody knows what conduit is, right? That's the... That's the, the, the tube that electricity goes through that protects the electricity from the outside elements and the electricity passes through that tube and you can go up and touch that tube on the outside thank God and the power inside is not going to hurt you so God is looking for people to be the conduit of God and you're you and I are the conduit he wants us to be the vessel that he uses and and but he's going to ask us to step out and believe for supernatural things Supernatural things that cannot be explained. What exactly is supernatural? Something you can't explain. Something you go, man, this is happening, but I don't know how it's happening. I can tell you, church, that there are things happening with this land that you're going to find out later, right now, that are supernatural. Right now, they're happening. Things that are happening that, that, that aren't normal. And how many know when God's in something, he's all the way in? And you can just begin to say, God, I know. But see, you can't get to this place today if you haven't seen him do it in the past. If you haven't seen him move in the past and you say, I saw him do it before. Some of you here, God is challenging you this morning. You haven't really been used by God yet. And God is saying, it's your time. It's your time. Amen? It's your time to start being used. It's your time to start seeing the hand of God in your life in a way you've never seen before. It's your time to start seeing supernatural things happening and you going, man, that was amazing. That was all God. It's just a thing where you go, they go, how'd you do that? I didn't do it. It was all God. Like we do, see, think about this. We do natural things. It's not like we're just sitting around and, and waiting for God to just drop everything out the sky. That doesn't work either. We're supposed to do our part. But when you put yourself in the position of doing your part, because the Bible verse that says, when you've done all to stand, stand. So you do what's right, you obey, you're walking in obedience, and then God comes along and says, okay, now, I see that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Now I'm going to do what you can't do. Did y'all catch that over here? I see you doing what you're supposed to do and what you can do and everything you can do. Now I'm going to do what you can't do. Because if God's in it, there's going to be elements you can't do. Things beyond your own power, things beyond your own, on your own resources, things beyond your own talents. 
and God begins to put something together. So I want you to, I want to ask you this question. This is key to this message. I know it says it's supernatural, but this is going to be a crazy question. Has he used you yet? That's my question for you this morning. You might not be able to answer that right now, or you might be able to say yes, but not enough. I hope that's what you say, because I'm saying that. I know God has used me, but not enough. I want to make myself available. How many will make yourselves available this morning for God to use you? In a supernatural way. A humongous part of that is doing this fast. Joining in worldwide right now. Just think as we're sitting here, we're, we're in the United States of America. We have a bunch of different countries represented here. And all over the world, in different countries, in different places, people are fasting just like us. And they're fasting for the same things. They want their family members to be saved. They want their marriages to be restored. They want better finances. They want better health. They're fasting for the same things. But we're joining in in this fast together. And there is power, supernatural power in this fast. Right now, Pastor Bland, and pa who's been here many times, and Pastor Portnova are in the jungles of the Congo right now preaching. I talked to Pastor Portnova this morning, and he just got, in, it was kind of funny, he just got availability for his phone to work in the, in the jungles. He couldn't get it to work in, the, in this capital city of Kinshasa, but one of the guys got it to work. And he says, we're doing great. And last night we had church. Pastor Bland went to a place and two churches combined. And there was like over 300 people. And I went to a church. This is in the villages. And there was about 200 people in the village that I went. He said, God is moving. God is doing miraculous things. That's all the way over in the Congo. And those are our brothers and sisters. Those are our pastors doing supernatural things because of our supernatural prayers. And I'm just going to go on record to say that I'm glad that they're there and I'm not. I'm glad that they went. Just being honest. Amen. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Really want you to see this. When God does something amazing, he does it in a, in a, in a team setting, in a group setting. There's gifts in the whole, of the Holy Spirit that we're going to read here that you can actually have all of. I'm kind of competitive, and so if I can have it all, I want it all. I, I play to win in everything in life. And so if the Bible tells me I can have all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want them all. Maybe you're cool with two or three, I want them all. Doesn't mean I can have them all, or I'm going to get them all, I should say, but I can ask for them. You'll see at the end of this verse that the Bible actually says that we should desire and eagerly, eagerly desire and seek all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now this is going to be some scripture some of you have never even heard of. So it says there are diversity of gifts, and gifts meaning powers, okay, supernatural things. It says, but the same Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Now watch this. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, leave this up for a second, to each one for the profit of all. Okay? So God, ha God, each one of us have certain gifts that we have that were given to us by God at birth. Okay? Talents, abilities, gifts. You, obviously, not everybody can sing. Obviously, not everybody can play sports. Obviously, not everybody can play an instrument the same way. There's all kind. Not everybody can make money the same way. Not everybody can talk the same way. There's gifts. That God gives us, okay? Then there's spiritual gifts. 
on top of that that God wants us to operate in so that we can be more effective in the supernatural. Because what's going to make your family members see that they want Jesus is that when it's not just your words speaking, but they see a demonstration of the power of God. How many know that's what separates the truth from the false, the real from the fake? Not talk, and, and I didn't even get into that verse Uh, this morning earlier, so I'll say it now in case I don't get to it. Paul says, I didn't come to you with an eloquence of words, but a demonstration of the power of God, so that you would believe in God, not because of my words, but because of the power of God, so that you would have faith in God, not because of what I said, but because of what you see. When they see your life changed, when they see the gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life, they're going to believe in God. And God wants us to operate in these things. And so it says there's this, the manifestation is given to each one for the profit of all. Now here's some of the gifts. Watch this. There's nine gifts. And I've been praying more than ever in my life personally to, walk, to operate in these gifts. I've been praying for this for the last six months to a year all the time. Lord, and, and praying for in our services for the Spirit of God to move. For one is given the word of wisdom. How many know we need more wisdom? There's actually a gift. Now, this is important. I'm going to distinct, distinguish this. These gifts I'm talking about are gifts that come upon your gift. Because I believe there's some people that are already wise. They're wise people. How do you get wisdom? By learning. How do you get wisdom? By experience. Right? So there is a wisdom that a man gets or a woman gets from life. Okay? The school of hard knocks. But then he says there's a spirit of wisdom that you can have, which is wisdom straight from God which is the wisdom that Solomon asked for. So then you get wisdom on wisdom. Imagine a wise person that could get wiser. Then it says to another, the word of knowledge. This isn't just like science knowledge. This is knowledge to know things that no one else knows. This is to have insight. You know, in a business decision, in a marital situation, in a family problem, God can give you knowledge, insight on a situation to know what you need to say or know what you need to do. Or, or knowledge to tell somebody else something in their life for the edification of their life. I've had people give me words of knowledge over the years and told me things about my life that have come to pass. That nobody could have known I was going through. Another one is the, sorry, next verse. Another one is Watch this. A spirit of faith. You go, I thought we already had faith. Doesn't the Bible tell us we've all been given a measure of faith? Right? So we all have, every one of us have a measure of faith. But this says, and I believe I have a lot of faith, but if I'm operating in the gift of faith, that means there's faith on my faith. Are you all seeing that? Wisdom on wisdom, faith on faith. So these are things that you can ask for that God's already given you something you've kind of been operating in, but you have not because you ask not. And God is saying, I want you to operate more in the supernatural, and I want you to get to a place where you are now not only operating in the gift that I've given you, but I want you to operate in the gift that I have that you can't have without me. Because there's a lot of things you, can't get, you can get without God, but there's a lot more things you can get with God. So here's another one, the gift of healings. You see somebody that's used in healings. They pray for somebody, they get healed. They pray for someone, they get healed. There's a gift for that. Heal, the gift of healings. 
Say, Lord, give me the gift of healings. Now, let me throw this in there. All these gifts that I'm praying about, if you want them to show off, you won't get them. If you want them so you can be the super duck of the church and the super spiritual person of the church, you won't get them. Because that's not why he's giving them to you. You know know who he'll give them to? Humble people. Humble people who will use them and glorify God. And say that was for the glory of God. When I pray for someone in the name of Jesus, I say, Lord, for your glory. For your glory, Lord. For your glory. Paul went around, and as those people would come back to him and say, man, I got a handkerchief of yours, and it healed me. He would say, that wasn't me, that was Jesus. I'm just a vessel. So if you'll be willing to push the glory off on God, he'll be willing to push his glory onto you. He'll be willing to put some of this power into your life. Why? So you can be effective. And church, does anybody know what the most important thing we need to do is? The number one thing we need to be, you have these gifts for? Is to get people saved. Jesus actually said these words, and I actually preached an entire message on it one time. I need to find it and do it again and study it out. That he said, "Great." remember when he said, greater works will you do in my name? Has anybody ever thought about that? Think about that for a second. I'm just going to give you a 30-second piece of that message. Is it really possible, like literally possible for us to do greater works than Jesus? Coming out of the grave, raising paralytics and all those things, you might think, Okay, we can do some of those things, but how could we do greater? When he said that, what he meant was that we we would get people saved. That we would bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because he went to the cross, and he died, and then he left his legacy in the hands of people. He left his, his, his inheritance of salvation in the hands of 12 men. And they got it to us today. How many of you know we got to carry on what they've gotten to us today? So put that back up and let's see the next one. Then it says to another working of miracles. What's the difference between miracles and healing? A lot. Healing's physical, a physical healing. Miracles is supernatural, anything. That's a miracle. When they go, that's a miracle. I just told you about the miracle last week about um, Pastor Jose and Marcella's friend, uh, De- Deanna, that was totally healed of forced for, uh, stage four uterus cancer. Totally healed. That's a miracle. When the doctor says it's a miracle, it's an extra. It's a miracle and a miracle when a doctor says it. Because they don't usually say it. To another prophecy. What's prophecy? Prophecy is speaking something into existence that's going to happen in the future that the Lord shows you. Prophesying over something. For an example, if you remember when we were in the old building and we were going to move out here, the Lord spoke to me. I don't think I always operate in the, in, the, in the gift of prophecy, but I hope I do sometimes, and I know I do sometimes. I sat there in the pulpit, and I said, God's taking us out there. He's showing me in the spirit. God's taking us out there to this land because God's moving us ahead of the growth of, of Denton, Texas. Remember that? Have you seen what's got, God's done in the last, uh, sorry, what has happened in the last five years between that church and here? Tons of growth. Right there at Razor Ranch, I don't know what they're building on that corner, but that's the only piece left. It's going to be retail most likely because it's not commercial. That's going to be retail. That's the, that's, the, that's the center of Denton now. Right there, three miles away is the center of Denton. It wasn't five, five years ago. So God can give a gift of prophecy, and he can speak something, and you can speak it out, and it happens in the future. The Bible is full of prophecy. If this, this is a gift, he says, we can operate in. And then he says, here's a big one. Here's one we should all be praying for, discerning of spirits. Is this God? Is this not God? Test the spirits. How many 
I, I hope everybody raised their hand just to, just to humor me. How many could use more discernment? I'm going to raise every limb I have. More discernment. That's a gift to be discerning. To say, this is God, this isn't God, this is right, this is wrong. That's a gift. And if you already have that discerning, then it's discerning on discerning. And then it says, different kinds of tongues, speaking in tongues. This is not the same speaking in tongues as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the, we know and, and believe and teach and preach here that everyone can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I wish that you'd all speak in tongues. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the prayer language of speaking in tongues is for everyone. This is a gift that has to do with tongues and interpretation in the church, in the church setting. And the last one is interpretation of tongues. So there's gifts there that we can all desire. And watch what verse 31 says at the very end there. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. That's not 31, sorry. Last verse. But earnestly desire the best gifts. Now, out of there, in those verses I just read, some of you would have some desire more for some, some than others. Some of you are like, man, I want that gift of knowledge. Man, that prophecy, ooh, healing, miracle, whatever. He says, desire the best gifts, and I show you in a more excellent way. So he says we can have all those. It's possible for a person to operate in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it's not like you, the people walk around and you go, they're seven out of nine. You know, you're not, it's not like you can judge what they're operating in. But when someone becomes an apostle, when somebody begins to walk in the apostleship, or what they, someone would consider, they're, they're operating in those gifts. And, and that's not something that it didn't say there in that, if you read that, it didn't say if you've gone to Bible school, if you've been saved a certain amount of time. He says eagerly desire these things. And again, I was talking to someone after the first service. Humility is attractive to God. A humble and contrite spirit attracts God. When you're saying, and God knows us. How many know God knows us better than we know ourselves? When we're praying and we're saying, God, I want this. Not so I can flash it like a superpower. I want it so I can use it for your glory. So people can get saved. So that people don't look at me, they look at Jesus. So people see that you're real. He will give you those gifts. And what would happen in our church if everybody was operating in those gifts? Amen? But I would go on to say in, on record, church, listen to this carefully. This is important because I just had a thought. This is something that happens, I believe. This is a reason why a lot of churches today don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Don't talk about the supernatural. Because people try to take supernatural things and put it in a box. You cannot put God in a box. Amen? You can't. And so th what that means is I, I believe there are a lot of churches in this world today that are operating with what would seem to be the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their services. Stay with me on this. And, and, and there's prophecy and there's um, uh, tongues and interpretation and there's gifts of knowledge and there's different gifts happening. But all those things are happening inside the church and it's like a buffet and a smorgasbord and everybody's getting fed inside the church and everybody's getting fatter inside the church and everybody's getting more spiritually in love with God in the church but nothing's happening outside the church. Y'all following me? These are things that are meant to operate inside the church but the church is not the building. 
That means these things should be happening on the streets and in our homes and in a school and and, and, and at the grocery store. Is anybody listening to me? Places outside of the church. We should have that gift of prophecy and the word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits and all these things operating in our lives outside of these four walls so that people will come into the four walls. Amen? I've seen that many times over the years. I've preached in churches, especially in the old denomination I was a part of before I came a part of this fellowship. I used to preach in churches, and it was just, it's like I was just, it's like I was going in, and it was just a fat church, just spiritually fat church. And they had, they had lots of, of the presence of God, and that was great, but people weren't getting saved. There was, no, there was no hardcore criminals, hardcore sinners coming in and getting saved. It was just the same people doing the same dance every week and the same people prophesying and the same, and they were just edifying themselves. You got to understand, all these gifts are for the edification of the church, but they're for people outside to know that Jesus Christ is the Savior and the King of the world and to be saved so that they'll come into the church. Amen. Everything we learn in here is to go out and use it. God is a miracle worker, but he wants to work in the places where nobody believes miracles can happen. As the musicians come, tell the person next to you, make yourself available. That's how we're going to see revival. When every one of us go, what can, what can I do? What's my part? What is the Lord showing me I need to do? What's my gift? How can I operate in this gift? I want to finish with a really powerful verse in Job. If you haven't read the book of Job, read the book of Job. Every one of us go through a time in our lives that Job went through. But thank God, not to the extent. Never met a person in my life that's went through what Job went through. All as bad as he did. Nobody ever. I've met some really bad situations. When you get down, go read Job. But this is so powerful because Job has experienced some things. And chapter 5, verse 8 says, as for me, he says, I would seek God. I would seek God. This is someone talking about lost their, his wife, lost his kids, lost his house, lost his in- income, lost his health, lost everything. And he says, I would seek God. I would seek God. And to God... I would commit my cause. You know, today you might not be seeing what you want to see happen in your life because you haven't fully committed your cause to God. God is a God of commitment. Amen? God is a God of commitment. Didn't, didn't Alyssa and Frankie do a great job this morning on the praise and worship? Amen? She's killing it back there. And then he says, who does great things and unsearchable Thinking back to the words that Job was trying to use. You know, we, have, we all have that word that we try to describe something. And he says, it's unsearchable. But church, this is in the beginning, chapter 5. He hasn't gotten restored yet. We know the end of the story. Everything he lost, he got back double. Double blessed. But he's in the beginning of this story. And he says, he does unsearchable things. Marvelous things without number. The supernatural really happens. I want to give you a secret. The supernatural happens when you believe for it, but you're okay if it doesn't happen because you love God whether it happens or not. And when it happens, 
you go, God, that was all you. And if it doesn't happen, you still say, but you're a great God. Because to me, if I don't have anything ever happen good in my life, ever, 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 ever again, I'm saved. My name's in the book of life. I'm going to spend eternity on streets of gold. I'm, I'm, I'm a child of the king. Does anybody ever stop and think about that? That that God that Job is mentioning here that's unsearchable and marvelous and does things without number and unexplainable supernatural things is your father, is my Lord, is my king. That's enough. If you, here's the secret. If you get yourself to that place that that's enough, God will open up the floodgates because he'll say, I, I, I can do amazing things through this person's life because they're not looking for those things. It's just an extra blessing for them. They just go, it's all God. You know, you might hear someone say it, and it might frustrate you. Oh, that's all God. It might frustrate you. No, it's all God. That's a good way to answer. It's all God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, my friend David Tyru that plays, plays you know, goes to our church here and plays basketball and played on the highest level around the world and played at, in college at Texas Tech and, and very good basketball player. When, I, when, I, when he first got saved and we started hanging out and stuff, he, people would go up to him and tell him, man, you're such a great player. He's all, all glory to God. All glory to God. He would say that all the time. And, and when I first met him, I thought, man, he's just saying that. You know, and then I got to know him, and he means it. That's what God's looking for, somebody who will just all glory to God. All glory to God. And, you, and you're not just saying to say it, but you mean it. That's, the, that's who God's looking for. And if you'll be that available person, humble, that will give glory to God, he'll make you a conduit for supernatural things. And church, one day, we're going to stand together in heaven forever, and we're going to celebrate each other's gifts. And we're going to sit around and thank the Lord for how great, he, how great and marvelous he is and his countless miracles. Father, I thank you this morning for who you are. I thank you for allowing me to preach your gospel. I thank you for allowing me to pastor this wonderful church of wonderful people that love you. There's genuine people in this church, God, that love you. And they want you to do great things in their lives, but sometimes we're afraid to come to you because we don't feel worthy. We don't feel like we're good enough. We don't feel like we deserve. I know I can put myself there. I don't feel like I deserve your goodness. But God, the truth is, whether I deserve it or not, you're good. You're great. You're marvelous. You're unsearchable. Your power is un undeniable and limitless. And today you're just looking for vessels. People that you can use to pour your spirit through so lives can be changed and lives can come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is this morning. Lord God, you do it all the time, and I can't wait for the next one, and I can't wait for the next one. Lord, will you show yourself through, and you show yourself powerful, and you show yourself real time and time again. Nobody can tell me that you're not God. For all across this place this morning, maybe you've questioned. You've wondered, is God real? Does God really love me? Does God have a purpose for my life? I pray this morning that as you're listening to this message, you know now the answer is yes. 
God has a call for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And he doesn't just want you to go through the motions and just be a church member. He wants you to walk in the supernatural, the unexplainable, the impossible, the unsearchable, so that God can glorify his name through your life. Lord, make us that conduit. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never given your heart to the Lord and surrendered your life and committed to Him and said, God, today I don't understand everything that I'm hearing right now, but I know that I need help. I know I need salvation. I know I'm a sinner. Just put your hand up and put it right back down and say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to be saved today. Just lift it up. All across this place, I see your hand. How many more? All over. I see your hand. God bless you. You can put it down. How many more? I'm not, I'm not ready to meet Jesus today. I'm not ready to stand before a holy God. If you've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never believed in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says our destination is separation from God. All we have to do is accept what Jesus did. The most supernatural thing that ever happened on the face of the earth is when God came out of heaven into the natural and walked on this earth and went to the cross for you and me. And church, we don't deserve it. Young person, we don't deserve it. But God is so merciful. God is so gracious. God is so loving that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly that we are. How many more today before we leave? Maybe you're watching online, and I can't see you, but you can see me. Just lift up your hand and say, I'm here, God, look at me. We're going to pray with you in just a moment to be saved. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. Maybe you came across this on the website somehow, and you're wondering, does God love me? God loves you. Jesus died for you. He has a purpose and a plan for you. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're, you know the Lord, but you're running from him. You're backslidden. Your heart's far, far away. And you see people around you and you see the joy they have and you don't have that. Today you can get your joy back. There's no joy without God. There's no true joy. Maybe that's you. Just lift your hand up and say, I need to come back to my first love today. I pray for you this morning. Amen. God sees your hand. God bless you. Let's stand across this place this morning. Honest hearts. If you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't, you know, sometimes we, we need to and we don't. And we miss that moment. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. Be ready. Tomorrow's not promised. Today could be our last day on this earth, and then eternity happens. I'm so thankful. So thankful. I, I can't get tired of thanking God for saving me. That I'm here, not hell, where I can't get out. Where there's no hope. Amen. If you raise your hand this morning, how many could just say, you know what, I'm going to do a step of faith this morning. I'm going to step out and go down to that altar, and I'm going to make a public confession. I want everyone to see that I'm, I, need a, I need a salvation today. Just find that nearest aisle and step out this morning. All across this place, just come down. Just, just step out. I'm going to wait. I, several hands went up. Just, just ask that person to move next to you. We'll pray with you this morning. Amen. Come on, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Everyone in this place has done it. We've all 
gone forward and make us made a stand to stand for Jesus. Amen. Amen. There he comes. Come on. Come on. Let's give him a hand. Praise the Lord. How many more? How many more? Maybe you're maybe you're back there and something's saying you need to go. Let's go. Come on down. You need to go. You need to go. Praise God. We're going to say a prayer with you and those watching online right now, and you just say it from your heart. It'd be like, it'd be like standing in a courtroom. We are, we're all standing in the courtroom of God, and God brings out our record. We all have a record. Every one of us in here have a record. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, we all fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of our sin is death. But then as the ju judge is about to drop the gavel and sentence you to hell because that's what we deserve, Jesus walks in and says, hold on, I died for that man. I paid a price, and if he'll believe in me, he's saved. That's what we do when we get saved. Let's say this from our heart this morning. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I'm lost without you. I make mistakes. I do the wrong things. I say the wrong things. Help me, Jesus. I call on you to change my life. Make me a different person. Make me a new creation. Father, all the things I've done wrong, I confess to you. And I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose from the dead. Today I ask you, to wash me clean and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.